Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Nancy and I are looking at a paper by Kate Fenner et al. And it's called Building Bridges Between Theory and Practice, How Citizen Science Can Bring Equine Researchers and Practitioners Together. This study um, wanted to essentially point out the important role horse owners and caregivers have in giving researchers valuable information on their horses and whether that's their training management or their behavior or their welfare in general. One way in which owners can really get this information across and that researchers can use it really valuably is through online surveys. I think in the last um, year and a half or so, we've all realized how much we can really achieve online. But the researchers in this paper particularly wanted to see you know, what incentives are needed to encourage owners to provide this information? Because this information is so valuable to improving horse welfare. In this study, they investigated the use of potential no-cost tools to compensate survey participants for their time. And they found that at least one of these tools would be of benefit to most participants. It also reveals in the study, though, the need for the Uh, to improve the horse rider and handler's access to scientific findings. So that's one of the things that drew Nancy and I to this paper, because one of our motivations is to improve horse riders and handler's access to scientific findings. And it's one of the aims of the podcast and why we try and bridge that gap. But this paper looks really at the eBark questionnaire, and we have discussed this before in the past. And, you know, getting that information back from eBark, seeing where your horse stands against other horses and creating this database, this worldwide database of this behavioral information that's just so valuable to researchers, too. Yeah, I think it's a great way to get demographic information through what they're calling citizen science. And you can get real information from a large group of people in a relatively short period of time. And with eBark, they send you uh, to redo the questionnaires every six months. So they'll be, they would be able then to go back and look at the changes that occurred and what you might have implemented to get those changes. And those changes can be good or bad, but at least it's a tracking system. I got my email there the other week to refill (laughs) out the survey. So it was good timing. But um, I think that's the thing is, you know, what kind of drives us to complete these? Well, first we have to kind of have an interest in the area. You know, if we're horse owners, then we're going to be interested in what eBark is determining. And we want to give that information. I think as well in people, there's that bit of um, 
like the aspect of your personality that's kind of a storyteller and we want to talk about our animals we want to you know talk about our horses and to highlight their unique traits so I think that's useful as well but I think and they highlighted this one of the you know important motivators was having that graph and I have to say when I filled out the survey I found that really interesting. Like that definitely motivated me seeing where my horse stood within the population. Mm -hmm. And I think it just makes you want to do better. Um, If your horse is lacking in some areas in comparing them to the whole picture, you realize they're really not that bad and there is room for improvement. So I think anytime your management and training practices are somewhat rewarded through the use of these surveys, I think it makes you want to even do better and improve. And, you know, we all need encouragement because we all have those days when we wonder if we're doing the right thing or not with our horses and uh, eBark's a great way to manage that. Definitely. And if anyone hasn't done that questionnaire yet, I really do um, recommend that you fill it out. Me and Nancy got so much out of it. And you can listen to that recording as well, that episode with Kate Fenner, which was really um, insightful into how those behaviors work. But with this paper as well, Something that they kind of determined, which was interesting, was that the results revealed practitioners and horse enthusiasts who do not have institutional access to journals may lack the experience required to discern the credibility of sources of information. So, you know, that is the limiting factor. If you don't have access, because a lot of journals are open source, but there are many that aren't. And that can be tricky. You're not getting necessarily a full picture. And paying for the access is really expensive as well. Um, Certainly worthwhile if it's something you're interested in, but institutional access is brilliant because you're able to get such a broad view of the research. Your access to papers is so much more and therefore you can kind of make more informed decisions because you've read more papers and I think that's what's important you know in improving welfare is we do have a large population that isn't going to have that access and how do they get this information across and how do they learn from it yeah and I I Take for granted that, um, say, if someone's wondering if they're using too much rain tension when they're um, riding their horse. Well, when they go to eBark and they fill out the ridden behaviors, um, some of that will come through as to kind of behavior problems. And then you can delve into that and get some answers like, you could look up what is the normal rain tension used. And I, I looked it up because last week you mentioned about rain tension devices. And I wanted to see what is a Newton, like how many pounds of pressure. And it ended up one Newton is equal to 4.44 or wait, Newtons are equal to one pound. And the average horse when ridden 
uh, gets either 20 to 60 newtons or pressure put on the reins, and preferably you're at that lower end. An average amount is usually 49 newtons, which is considered a little high. But anyway, um, if you can just remember five pounds of pressure in each hand, you shouldn't really have to go beyond that um, to be able to control your horse. And that's good information. And if you find that you are using excessive rain pressure, then you know that's where we reevaluate and how can we improve. And using this kind of information, like Nancy said, to take a look at your horse management and take a look at your training. Because if we can improve our horse management and training, then we can improve the prevalence of desirable behaviors in these horses. And therefore, our interactions with them improve, their welfare improves. And it is an individual thing a lot of the time, too. Like anyone who's owned mayors versus geldings or geldings versus mayors, you know, will have a preference maybe. And I think the people who've owned both will say how different it is managing between them. Or sometimes you just have a horse that's really feisty or really stubborn. And being able to change, you know, don't just use a rigid approach for every horse, but being able to use the information to change how you do that and improve the welfare that way. Yeah, I and I like all the adjectives or the, what would you call it? I don't think it's adjectives. It would be more traits, the bold trait, yeah. the um, those types of traits, I think those are so handy to use and to be able to see the differences in the horses. They each do have different um, traits that the herd utilizes. So it's kind of neat if your training could kind of pick those out and then use that to help you rather than to always be kind of a, oh, I don't know, an argumentative point. Just work with the horse on their natural traits. Definitely. And I think we've got a number of episodes over you know, the series so far where we look at that and look at the differences. And it's just about being able to take that a step further and apply it to your situation and see, you know, oh, I wonder if I make this little change, what could that improve or you know, if I come with this attitude, you know, what can we achieve? Or even last week, Nancy, when you were talking about, you know, behaviors at the mounting block and things like that, like, don't just assume a bad behavior is a bad behavior and there's nothing you can do about it. And you have to almost fight a battle to get through it, you know, see how can we retrain that? Yeah. And use the gifts that that horse has or their characteristics in a positive way. And I just think it's good to always have a benchmark. And that seems to be what these surveys do. And I know we're all kind of survey fatigued. It seems like every time I open my email, there's another survey. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to the horses, I will say eBark takes me about 20 to 30 minutes to do, but you, if I really take the time and think about the answers and you have to be honest, you can't pick the answer that you hope for, 
I mean, just really be brutally honest. And then that's going to give you an overall benchmark against the overall general equine population. And it takes you that time to do all your horses, Nancy. Oh, no. It, you know what? It took me, um, each horse takes me about yeah. 20 minutes to 30 minutes because I have five in eBark. And I tell you what, I only fill it out because, and I do have five that are due right now. I only do them when I have the time to sit down and really mull it over because it's not just quick answers. There's a lot of different answers you have to, to answer in like what your horse spooks at. Is it a cow, a dog? Of, I mean, Donkeys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's really a lot of thinking and I do it because I try to, to assess honestly, because then when you get that graph, you're going to see where maybe your training has kind of been a little shortlisted and what you need to work on. And I will say about eBark as well, which is just amazing. They're really has been nothing like it before. You know, we've used online surveys in equitation science for more than 20 years, but never on the scale of eBark. And the fact that it's an ongoing survey, you know, if you think about all the surveys you may get to your inbox, they close and the data is analyzed. And then, you know, hopefully something comes from that. But this is ongoing. And it's such an amazing tool where we can just keep plugging in this information and these researchers can keep using it to find where there might be correlations and see how we can improve our overall standards. And it's also so accessible, like no matter what country you're in or, you know, where in the world, it's something we can all input to. Yeah. And doesn't it even mention, Kate, about... um how tight you have the nose band and mm-hmm. like the throat lash and it goes through all those um, equitation science issues that can create behavior problems if you don't have things fitted correctly. So um, I do believe that it asks specifics on your tack. If you have a saddle fitter come in, how often Um, how often you have trimming or shoeing done and the behavior of the horse. It covers the whole, I think, dynamic of horse ownership and training. Yeah, I think that's the thing as well. Like it's so in-depth. It's it really is gathering a wealth of information from you each time. You know, it's not one of those two minute surveys. And that's why this study wanted to see how they could incentivize it because it is a longer survey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you encourage people to fill out detailed surveys? But I think what you get back from this is brilliant. And they've also looked at creating a horse log book. So this will be, you know, where you're able to fill out um, more information for your horse and be able to keep track of it. And also they're hoping to have um, this feature essentially where you could share your horse's data with coaches, instructors, or even veterinarians. 
um, or any other third party that you decide to share it with. But I think that's brilliant too. You know, even from a point of view where if you're training a number of horses and, you know, which I think would be so useful to have these meets again, even if they are online, but, you know, catch up as a group of trainers or a group of owners, discuss ideas, discuss methods and reflect on what you're doing. And, you know, being able to maybe share that information would be really useful just even in a smaller pool of people, not, you know, necessarily sharing it worldwide, but even just to your fellow horse owner. Yeah, and it's really good at, um, if you're a researcher to delve into ways to mitigate stress um, in, like for me, thoroughbred racing. What would be, if I had 20 racehorses in a shed row and I did an e-bark on each of them, by the end, I could see what practices I did to make that horse a better second career horse and maybe even pinpoint what second career that horse might do well in. Mm -hmm. So it's got a lot of neat uses for, um, for future endeavors of the horse. And um, I just thought Kate did a great job. This was a PhD project and what came out of it were so many individual papers and it's for ridden horses, driven horses. Even if you have a pasture pet that you just do groundwork with, you can, you know, do any of that through eBark and see your results. My mare is now a pasture pet and you can definitely <laughs> use it for them. Yeah. So. And, just, and did you find a big difference, Nancy, um, when you filled it out for your pony? Because you've said before that you tried to figure out, you know, what she was kind of driven by and you actually put her into um, driving. I did. And I tell you what, the biggest thing, and I did have a few um, virtual meetings with Kate Finner um, and we interviewed her on the podcast, but this pony really excelled once I did the give to the bit exercises that eBark recommended or Kate Finner recommended. And the main thing was um, the pony was more interested. She had been in the jumping circuit and was in hunter jumpers. So she wanted to go and take the bit and run. Well, once I taught her how to give to the bit and, you know, we were in no hurry, um, that turned her whole mental, she understood it, she got it. And it was through the give to the bit exercises and changing her discipline from being ridden to being driven and um, that slowed her down and now you can get on her and she's not in any hurry although I will say I took her over a jump the other day and she went right back into we got to do this and do it fast (laughs) (laughs) that's our next step is to work on that but um, you know it's just neat I love working with the personality and figuring things out and uh, it's it's fun just to kind of um, see the science behind all that and I think what's really cool about um the research that Kate and um 
we say at all, her fellow researchers are also doing is that they're where possible, you know, they are using those open access publications that I mentioned earlier. So they really are trying to make this accessible to everyone and, you know, make it free for you to look up the papers and her website as well, Can Do Equine, has a wealth of information on it. They have meetings regularly too, don't they, Nancy? They do. Um, if you sign up for her emails or um, the master class, it's free. Then you get um, included on virtual meetings if you have any training issues or you just want to run something by her. Um, she is so accessible and easy to listen to. And, you know, she gives you some good things you can work on. And uh, she has a lot of good information on off the track thoroughbreds too. I think it's that that comes across as well. You know, I think Kate is so accessible because she's just really passionate about improving welfare. And she's definitely um, very giving with her time when it comes to that. So Anyone who hasn't done the eBark survey, first of all, go do it. <laughs> so set aside some time and sit down, fill it out for your horse and go on to Can Do Equine as well and just take a look at the information they have up there. Sign up to that newsletter. You know, the more information we can receive, the better. So just being open to learning and improving what we're doing. Yeah, and if you have any questions about the attributes that you're getting as feedback, Kate is so accessible in all of them that are uh, connected to eBark. You can just shoot them an email and I'm certain they will answer your questions. Brilliant. I think that's all I had for this one today, Nancy. Did you have anything to add? Nope, that's about it. I think it, it's uh, always good when you've got a free resource. And what's really good is they make all this information accessible by everyone. That's incredible. And especially in today's world, everyone wants to make all this money off this research. But in this instance, they're just wanting to get that knowledge out there. Just to improve that welfare. And if anyone has any questions um, in regards to this paper or any areas that you would like Nancy and I to look into, please do drop us a message on social media or on the Anchor page. You can send us in voice notes if you like there as well. And we will be more than happy to take a look and see what we can find for you. Yeah, I did get one uh, message that um, they were wondering about trailering horses and how to mitigate stress when you're having, having to ship a horse somewhere or you're trailering to an event. So I'll have to look up some papers and uh, see what's accessible on that and what the research shows. I'm actually looking forward to that now that you've said it as having a pasture pet that does not load (laughs) (laughs) she's she's in her 20s now and has one eye so we just let her enjoy her life you know walk her where we need to (laughs) well and you know what if anything happens I always think if there's a disaster and you've got to remove the horse from your property or horses you know it would be easy if they all would just jump in the trailer 
yeah especially under that high stress like yeah. when we were talking to Keith that time and that hurricane was coming in or you um, know if you're living in an area where there's wildfires yeah it's yeah it's an interesting one well Kate you know what for next week papers together on trailering and what the research shows and next week we'll have our podcast uh, kind of reveal what we found out Brilliant. Okay. Thanks so much, Nancy. Okay. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.